Welcome to the Stationary Adjacent Podcast, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. My name's Justin Twyford, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Stuart Lennon. Hi, Stu. How are you doing today? Hey, Justin. I'm in grand form. Thanks very much. How are you? I'm doing well. It's uh, been a good week over here in North America. Baseball started up last night with fans in the stands. So Ooh. it's almost normality. I can see it. I know you're not a baseball fan, and I'm not going to explain what the rules of the game are for you, but it's a big deal for us that uh, live on this side of the pond. How's your week been in Cyprus? It's okay. It's all right. I mean, baseball, I think, I mean, I may be wrong here, but I think it it's British in origin. You know. It is. It's uh, like cricket, but they throw at your head instead. <laughs> I think it grow, grows up from a game we call rounders. So at school in, in the UK, you would play, uh, you'd play rounders, which is very, very similar, but with um, less uniforms, I guess, and popcorn. <laughs> and hot dogs and beer. Uh, yeah, but yes. Although the beer thing, that could work. I mean, as you know, the UK does like a beer. Uh, well, certainly this man from the UK likes a beer. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get on with our show. All right. What tool had an impact on your productivity this week, Stu? Uh, for me, uh, this week, probably uh, iPad Pro and the Magic Keyboard, or the, should I say, the very poorly named Magic Keyboard, because it's not the Magic Keyboard that you used to get with a Mac. It's a different Magic Keyboard that kind of, it turns the iPad Pro into a little bit of a laptop. So it's got a trackpad. Uh, and it holds the, the the pad above the keyboard, much like a, a laptop would. And that was good for me because I had to work on the couch this week because I, I've hurt myself, Justin. Um, oh, no. If you can imagine throwing the first pitch too hard, I think I must have done that in my sleep. Mm. Um, so I've got a frozen shoulder and I've been, well, a, a little bit uncomfortable, I have to say, for a few days. Um, but it's getting better now, I think. Or I'm taking enough pain meds for it not to matter one of the two <laughs> well let's hope it uh, heals up quickly uh, that's going to affect your swing a little bit i'm assuming absolutely that's i mean there's the incentive if if this doesn't get better i can't go and play golf so i i'm definitely going to get better mm-hmm. this is i'm t- determined because we're we're geeks and we like to talk about our stuff uh what generation ipad pro do you have and what size uh it's the biggie uh, and it's the, not the 2020, the one before. So 2019. Yeah. So, um, the 2020 didn't add an enormous amount. So I, I don't feel that I'm too far behind the curve, but yeah, when this one goes, uh, goes, it's not going to go anywhere, but when I go, Oh, I must absolutely replace this for no good reason. Uh, I suspect it will be the smaller one that I go for next time. Mm-hmm. I had um, the 10.5, which was the sort of smaller one before the current generation of smaller ones. Yeah. Um, and I traded that in recently because, you know, two iPads is a little excessive, even for me. But because I'm now using uh, a Mac Mini as my main machine, uh, I have a big screen, so I don't need a big screen on my iPad. I need a, I need a little bit of couch surfer, and I think the smaller one is better for that. Yeah, I have the 10.5, and unfortunately, it's a little unloved at the moment. Mm. Uh, I bought the M1 Mac back uh, on release day in November, mm-hmm. and that goes 
everywhere. It's replaced the iPad in my life, would you believe? I I could because it it will certainly be in my calculations. I mean, my Mac Mini is an M1, um, and I bought it because I I couldn't really justify buying a laptop when I had two iPads. <laughs> so the only way I could get an M1 was with a Mac Mini, and I'm not sure. I you know I was one of those that was very taken by the iPad, mm-hmm. um, but all they had to do was was improve the macbook a little and suddenly it's it's it, it's weird isn't it? it's a reverse of all those headlines is this the ipad killer because it's it's just such a light fast agile machine uh, and you can manage files on it <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the killer feature for most i think yeah it's amazing i came from a 15 inch uh, and a 16 inch so i've had the big uh, i'm uh, macbooks for a number of years down to the 13 inch i've got the pro laptop mm-hmm. uh the reason i got the pro rather than the mac mini is well two reasons one apple doesn't actually make a decent display anymore sure that i can afford at least uh and that sometimes i need to go into an office and uh, the it's hard to take a, a mac mini with you uh, the battery life on on the MacBook mm-hmm. is better than my iPad Pro, <laughs> yeah. which is absolutely amazing. It's instant on. It's it's everything that the iPad is plus more because it's running software that is a little bit easier to manage. Yeah, I think when the world opens up and uh, life gets back to normal or some semblance of normal the ipad will come back into my life Uh, the ipad i have i've got a pro that has the cellular connection on it so i can Mm -hmm. go to starbucks and i'm not going through somebody else's janky wi-fi i can just connect to my own data source and work uh, there and that has a lot of value to me Um, you know that is my tool that i used to go and do my my weekly reviews at a local coffee shop in Mm -hmm. but uh, until until that's happening again uh the ipad is unfortunately unloved but uh, i'm glad it works for you on the couch that's very very important yeah i mean there's there's an episode well there's several episodes in that all on its own um just how you fit the different devices and screen sizes together but um we'll we'll revisit that i dare say um particularly as there's a little apple event coming up i believe Mm -hmm. what about you justin what's your tool of the week I'm actually going to stay with the Apple theme here. Okay. I'm going to sound like the ultimate privileged, spoilt person, but uh, the one thing that has made my married life a whole lot better this year and that has uh, prevented complete distraction, AirPods Pro Max, which are the proper headphones. Yeah, they're the, the big boys, aren't they? Uh, they're stupidly priced big boys, yes. But uh, they are one of those purchases that I don't need. I, I have the collection of AirPods, uh, as I'm sure you probably do as well. Mm-hmm. The challenge I have with those is I start doing my chores after work. I come home, I clean up the kitchen, I do a whole bunch of odds and ends, look after the dog, and I generally put those in start listening to podcasts. And... My wife has a habit of coming up and talking to me while I have headphones in, AirPods, regular AirPods in. Mm-hmm. And of course I can't hear. And that created no end of 
marital strain, let's call it. <laughs> it's frustrating, I guess, if you're talking to somebody and they're ignoring you. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I get enough of that regularly when I don't have those in, but when I actually <laughs> wasn't trying to do that, uh, it's a whole different story. So these AirPod Pro Max came out and uh, up here they were about $800. So they were a fairly pricey expense. And my wife said, yes, right away. Because she said, okay, I'll be able to see those in your ears. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is I'm, I'm bald. I shave my head. So I, it's not like you can't see my ears anyway, but, uh, these big, uh, AirPods Pro Max are perfect for my wife. It's a signaling device. Hey, I'm not listening to you. And if you talk to me, I'll ignore you. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're certainly visible. However, this week, the sound deadening on them, it has noise canceling. And it has the best noise canceling that I've ever heard. And my wife and my daughter were home. We have a thing called spring break up here. And spring break means the kids are off school for two weeks. And my daughter is graduating this year, trying to get her to do some homework so that uh, she can graduate, uh, you know, in the social distant learning times is challenging. And there were lots of conversations about that while I was trying to do some work. And thank goodness for these noise canceling headphones, because I could just turn that in. I didn't even have to listen to anything. I just put the headphones over my ears. I pressed the noise canceling button and I sat there and could work distraction-free at home. It was perfect. So if you don't have any of these and you have a problem with kids at home, they're probably worth the money. Yeah, very good. I mean, the, there's lots of people do noise-canceling headphones, aren't there? But you're saying they're really... Have you have you had the problems? Because there have been some, some battery problems I've heard. They sort of downcharge themselves. Yeah, there's some random... I don't blame the AirPods. I blame Apple's state of Bluetooth at the moment. Okay. Apple is trying to be very, very smart and has set up any of the AirPods, even my AirPods Pro in-ear ones, like to randomly connect to whatever device happens to be closest to them. Mm. And despite me having turned off all that functionality in every Mac and every iOS device that's around, sometimes it still wants to connect to something that you don't think it should. Mm. So, you know, you'll hit what you think is play on a podcast and all of a sudden a different device starts playing a video or starts playing Apple music. So I think the bigger problem is the connections. There's been a hardware update that has quite, quite significantly improved it. But, um, yeah, there, there were some challenges and I, I sort of blame the Bluetooth connection mm, side okay. of that. I've got in the habit of putting them in, you know, everybody complained about the wonderfully designed, um, case that they come in, mm -hmm. which is basically it's an envelope. Uh, but the envelope is designed to stop them connecting to things. And most times they're in there, it's fine. There are, there are times that all of a sudden you come back to it. It's like, oh, where did all of my charge go? But for the most part, they're, they're fine. Okay, um, good. And just, just in case you care, I don't recommend them for podcasting either because they are Bluetooth and they have lag, on, lag in them. So sure. I'm actually sitting here right now with some Sennheiser tethered headphones. More toys. 
<laughs> Indeed, more toys. Anyway, enough of tools of the week. What are we talking about today? All right. So I wanted to talk about Pomodoro timers. We were talking last week about email and the challenges that email has not as a tool itself, but in terms of how we feel about email, that we need to be constantly connected to it, that we need to be constantly checking it. And I think one of the keys to that is time blocking, setting up intentionality and setting up time for yourself to get away from email. And one of the best ways to do that is using a Pomodoro timer. And that doesn't necessarily mean for those of you who know what a Pomodoro timer is, that you need to have a tomato sitting on your desk. There's lots of other ways to do that. Some of them are very pretty. Some of them are a little more conventional kitchen timers, but a Pomodoro timer is a physical timer that will count down a block of time for you in very simple words. We'll get into what it really is and how do we use them. But uh, Stu, do you use Pomodoro timers at all? Uh, I I use the concept. Um, I don't use the uh, the kitchen timer. Um, although there is there's something quite cute about a sort of tomato that rings bells at you. Um, I use uh, an hourglass. Hourglass is probably the wrong phrase. Um, a three quarters of an hourglass doesn't sound quite so good, does it? Um, but uh, an actual sort of black sand running through through an hourglass. That's what I use most of the time. I don't physically use it anymore. It's it's a decoration. I'm actually using it now as we speak, but because I think I've I've internalized the concept. And as you say, uh, it's about intentionality more than anything else. It's about putting su- time aside and saying, during this time, I'm going to do this thing, this thing and no other thing. Mm-hmm. Pretty good at doing that now. What about you? Are you sitting there surrounded by, by, by plastic tomatoes? Surprisingly not. However, I do have, I used an app on my phone and I still have the app on my phone. I use it from time to time. For the most part, much like you at this point into my productivity journey, I don't need to use the timer. I've got in the habit of blocking off the time schedules for me, but the concept of it is still there. More importantly is if anybody is struggling to not be distracted. I do recommend the Pomodoro timer technique as a place for them to get started. Sure. So maybe we'll explain for anybody listening what a Pomodoro timer actually is. So it was developed by, would you like to pronounce that? You're better at the the whole language thing than I am. Uh, well, that's Francesco Cirillo. I would not have got there. Or it could be Cirillo, but I think it's Cirillo. Um, an Italian. I'm guessing so with a name like that. And uh, Francesco, I, I, I let's do say it so I didn't butcher your name. My language skills are terrible. Uh, he came up with this in the late 1980s using a tomato-shaped kitchen timer. And we'll, we'll have an argue whether it's tomato or tomato uh, with Stu later. But... Uh, <laughs> This side of the Atlantic, it is a tomato. Uh, Pomodoro is the name of a type of tomato. And he had this timer that he used to set for a period of time that he used as a concentration block. Basically, a Pomodoro technique is interval training for focus, I think is the best way to say that. 
each block of time that you focus is a Pomodoro. And the idea is that you count Pomodoros in your day to become more productive. The standard timing that Mr. Cirillo, is that close enough? Sounds pretty good. Came up with. <laughs> he came up with a 25-minute focus block with a five-minute break. So the idea is you put a timer on, and the timer actually has, my, my app has two parts to this. It has a timer for 25 minutes, and it has a second timer for five minutes. And then it goes back to a timer for 25 minutes again, which as a training tool is particularly good. 25 minutes gives you enough time to get completely immersed in a task. The five-minute break gives you scheduled time where you can do other things. So why we're talking about this now is if you are an email checker, if you feel that your organization is of the type of organization where people need almost instantaneous response, you can probably get away with not getting back to somebody for 25 minutes without feeling stressed about it. That five minutes, there's your time to go and check your email and feel comfortable that you've just had a productive block. And, and I think that's where the value of it comes in. Uh, using Pomodoro Method's official mechanism, you will do four of these blocks, so basically two hours worth of work, and then you'll take a longer 15 to half an hour minute break. That way you're, you're not mentally overtaxed. Focusing for half an hour at a time when you're not used to it, 25 minutes at a time, four times in a row, so two hours of focus time, can be quite demanding, uh, particularly if you're not used to that. It can be mentally draining. So I look at the Pomodoro as the OG time block. I, I think you're right. Uh, I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, curiously, I I also use it in the reverse to the way that you're talking about. So when I'm talking to staff members, to team members, or if I'm training, and people say, well, you know, I have to, you know, I have a lot of email, I have to process it. And uh, as you may have gathered, email is a is a bugbear of both Justin and I. I've I've said to people, okay, well, how how long do you spend on email during the day? Oh, well, it's, you know, it's five minutes here, it's five minutes there, and uh, which is all utter nonsense, by the way. Whenever anybody tells you it's five minutes here, it's longer. <laughs> but I would, I would just say to them, okay, well, there's this technique called Pomodoro, and I'll explain it. I'll say, let's schedule in your email Pomodoro. So at some point during the day, whether it be, okay, you're an addict, let's do once in the morning and once in the evening. So at nine o'clock, Turn your Pomodoro on. You've got 25 minutes in your inbox. Go. Then again, at, I don't know, four o'clock, you can do it again. And between those two Pomodoros, you close your, your email. You're not allowed to look at it. So let's concentrate all of your email into two Pomodoros, and then hopefully we can get this person down to one Pomodoro. And every single person you do it to believes that they only spend 25 minutes in their email each day. And yet, when it comes to the end of the first Pomodoro, they're wailing and gnashing their teeth because they're, oh, I'm not halfway through. doesn't matter. Leave it. Go back to it later. And it's, it's a great way of, of limiting the time that you're spending where perhaps you shouldn't be. So that's something I use it for. And the other one I use it for is if I'm in the midst of a big project, um, we've, we, we've always touched on taxes, or <laughs> for me, it's policies and procedures. So if I'm writing uh, 
policies and procedures for a client. It's deep work. It's quite hard work. It's, it's heavy going. I will use a Pomodoro to goof off. So at some point during, during the afternoon, I'll say, you know, my concentration is waning. I am going to spend one Pomodoro checking out the sites on the internet that I like, uh, browsing Twitter, having a look at Instagram, see how the princess is getting on, all, all of these types of things. And I will set up a Pomodoro for it and limit the amount of time that I goof off. Because goofing off is important, I think. It's, it's a chance for your brain to, to reset and have a little rest. But what you have to guard against is it becoming six hours or the majority of the day. Um, because everybody that you're looking at, let's YouTube as an example, they've got algorithms to try and keep you goofing off. And you need to counter that. You need to have some discipline and the Pomodoro can give you that. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. It's a great way to focus, on, decide on something, make intention, I guess is the, is a key word to that. Uh, the six steps in the original technique, I think are very telling to how to use that and what the advantage will be. The, the first step is to decide on the task to be done. So that is a, an intentional allocation of your time and attention on one thing in particular for 25 minutes. And as silly as that sounds, just as Stu was talking about, if you've got Twitter on in the background, it's amazing how quickly that will sap your time away from what you want to be doing to what's there. Email is another one. Close down everything on your your phone, on your computer, apart from the task that you're doing during the time of the Pomodoro. The second step is to set the Pomodoro timer, which again, we've talked about is traditionally 25 minutes. Work on the task. That's number three. Just work on that one task. Now, this system was developed in the 80s before we had cell phones and all the rest of that. The fourth step is to end work when the timer rings and put a check mark on a piece of paper. Basically, you're counting the Pomodoros at that point. If you have fewer than four check marks, take a short three to five minute break and then return to your next Pomodoro timer section. So this is where you get into the 25-5-25-5 routine. The sixth step is after four Pomodoros, take a longer 15 to 30 minute break. Reset your check mark count to zero then go to step one. Now, if you're still using a kitchen tomato timer, there's a lot of them on Amazon. They're relatively inexpensive. Uh, Pomodoro timers have become a thing. Then perhaps the check marks work well. And if you're an analog guy like still myself, you probably have a notebook and a pencil at hand. So that writing down a check mark is very easy. It also gives you a great way to do that. The app that I use does that automatically for me. The hardest part I have is actually task number four, ending work when the timer rings. And that is something that you'll find is particularly valuable. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, The key is work on one task per Pomodoro, review, plan, and stay focused, even if you finish that task. If you finish the task, there's other things that you could do. Planning for the rest of your Pomodoros, rather than just, okay, I finished this task in... 20 minutes, let's go and get into email. Try and stay focused on productivity. One task, review what the work you've just done. It's always a good process to get into. Double check things. 
I think Pomodoros at 25 minutes are the easiest way for anybody get in, to get into time blocking. Anybody can find 25 minutes in a day. Maybe it's the first 25 minutes a day when everybody's having coffee in the morning at the, you know, in, in the days where we actually had coffee in a office, everybody's checking in and been social and your boss isn't knocking on your, on your door. Maybe that's a good time for 25 minutes. Once you start getting used to allocating just 25 minutes, you will find how productive and more than anything, how good it feels to have a really, really productive time block where you've done nothing else but this. Is that something how you use it, Stu? What do, what do you do as far as time blocks when you do go into a Pomodoro? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, uh, another sort of element that um, I, I tag on to Pomodoro is it gives me an idea of the balance of my day. So uh, we started off this series talking about um, multi-potentialities or multi-potentialites. Is that better? Yes. Multi-potentialites. Very good. I have several things on my plate and it's important that I maintain a certain amount of balance. I can't sort of ignore one element of my, of my businesses. So when I'm setting up my day, blocking my day either the evening before or in the morning or combination of both, then I will have actually different colored blocks um, for the different things that I do. So if I'm putting in a lot of one color, that would indicate to me that, mm, okay, am I a bit light on, I don't know, the consultancy business? Am I, am I ignoring something? And we all have tendencies to gravitate towards the things that we enjoy the most. So uh, for me, it's useful just to go, okay, am I still balanced here? If Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are all one color, then it looks like I'm, I'm perhaps being very, very focused on one part of my business and ignoring other parts. In the mornings, I tend to not actually use a Pomodoro uh, physically because I, I'm in it. I know what I'm doing. Particularly, I tend to do a lot of writing in the mornings. So I will, I will lean into those tasks and I have all of my uh, notifications and things switched off. I don't have my emails open. It, that's, that's become a strong habit now. It's in the afternoons I find them useful. Um, it's, it's sort of, I make deals with myself, which sounds a little bit dodgy, but, um, I, if I'm, for example, administration and accounts, not something I want to do, but one of those tasks that if you do it every week, it's half an hour. If you leave it for two months, then you have to pay Justin a small fortune to come and sort it all out for you. So what I do then is say, okay, I need to do a Pomodoro on the accounts for Nero's notes. And I will turn my timer over and I will only work on making sure that the things that have been spent are booked correctly, that invoices are saved correctly, that, you know, those admin tasks which shouldn't be too taxing but for some reason i dread get done and the pomodoro is a fantastic way of doing that because i bribe myself i say look i'll do one pomodoro on this and then i'll have a goof off pomodoro or i'll just take five minutes and go play with the dogs mm -hmm. that's when i find it most useful is to sort of just give me that little little extra discipline interesting so it sounds like you allocate your time almost daily among your different 
activities. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'm I'm moving towards a thematic approach where I might have uh, themes to each days. Um, and there is always a degree of flexibility because I'm, I'm sure like everyone else, uh, I, I work with customers and I work with partners. And so uh, the fact that I've said that Tuesday is a day for X uh, doesn't mean that I can ignore Y and Z if Y and Z need my help or support. So uh, there's a degree of flexibility in there and I have emerging are certain patterns. So I have um, meetings on a Monday uh, that I that, that are sort of inescapable. They're, they're put in by the bosses, if you like. So I, I lean into that and I try and do more meetings on a Monday and I regard Monday as very much a meetings day. Uh, if you want to meet with me on uh, a Wednesday or a Thursday, you will struggle because I will, I try and guard those times quite jealously for, for more, for deeper work, you know, where I'm literally shut off from everybody and everything doing deeper work. Yeah, I do. I do find myself having to 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 switch modes. So I might work on Nero's notes in the morning, and then be working on the consultancy business in the afternoon, or vice versa. Yeah, depending on how things are working out. What about you? I mean, you've got multiple things in in the air. Do you, do you spread them that way, or do you do it by day, or how does it work for you? Yeah, I have a combination of things. So the hobby jobs. I was actually thinking when you were talking about uh, not time blocking in the morning or Pomodoro. Uh, my Pomodoro timer is when my wife gets up uh, a couple of hours after I do. And that's enough to say, okay, it's time to stop working on, you know, the personal projects there. <laughs> as far as the businesses go, because I'm looking after several different businesses, I try, much like yourself, you have to be responsive to everything. But I tr do try to sort of have... A, a day of the week as a thematic day that this is the day that I'm going to work on this business. So this is the day that I'm going to go deep in this just because I find that the, the cognitive shift of moving from one set of questions to another, it slows you down. If I can get a full day time blocked into here's the activities on this company that I want to deal with. It just makes my life a little bit easier. I just feel a little bit more productive at the end of it. Though, you know, you're going to get those emergency phone calls at some point. Everybody gets them or something that comes up that when you scan your email, you're going to have to deal with for one of the other businesses. It's just a part of life, you know, and I think nobody is perfect at that. Sure. But again, having, having Pomodoro blocks loosely scheduled is a great way to think about what you're doing, when you're doing it. And you can even build in some, some times, you know, I don't use, I think I've said before, I don't use time blocking all day long, every day of the week. I have certain days where I have office hours, which are perfect times to catch up on your email and things like that. And I, I do really encourage people if you can do that, if you're in an organization that gives you enough autonomy to schedule your own time to really come up with something like that to, to do that. But I think anybody can start with a Pomodoro technique or two in a day, even just doing an hour of focused, productive work. You'll, you'll be amazed. A lot of people will be amazed. If you're listening to a podcast about productivity, you're probably already somewhat there, but I, I still think it's the best way to introduce people to the productivity mindset. 
here is a way that you can change the way that you think to become much more effective at what you do. Because once you're effective, your stress level goes down, your distraction level goes down, your personal satisfaction with what your output goes up. And everybody, no matter what they're doing, wants to feel like they've done something valuable. And I've never worked with anybody that doesn't have that motivation that they want to do something valuable in return for their time. Nobody enjoys sitting, looking at email all day long, but it is part of that corporate culture in some, some places. And so just dividing your time, it's a slippery slope. All of a sudden you'll be running a podcast talking about uh, productivity, <laughs> but it's a great place to start. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely you're right that, um, I mean, when I first got myself uh, involved with the Pomodoro concept specifically was at a time when um, I felt quite overwhelmed by the amount of things on my plate. And it got to the point where my working style was so reactive that if there was nothing to react to, I would just start looking for other things to react to. And I would find myself seeking urgency and seeking problems because I'd got myself into that mindset. And I think that happens to a lot of people. You get overwhelmed by the amount of email being thrown at you and Slack and all of these different things. As Justin says, it becomes very unsatisfying because you're in a sort of constant state of semi-panic. Just introducing, as Justin suggested, a Pomodoro or two to your day can make a huge difference to A, your output, and B, to your mental well-being to understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it and getting satisfaction from it. Lots of people laugh. Lots of people find the idea of this little kitchen timer made of plastic, uh, which is a tomato, as being a, a key to productivity. But it is. It really is. And if you are in that feeling of overwhelm, get yourself a kitchen timer. Go on. It's not going to be expensive. And just get yourself doing one Pomodoro a day or two or three or whatever. But as Justin has said, it's that focusing of the mindset, switching things around from your time controlling you to you controlling your time. And Justin, at the start of this discussion, used a fantastic phrase, which I have noted down, will steal and use everywhere. And that's interval training for focus. That's what this is. That's what the Pomodoro gives you. It's a fantastic phrase, Justin. I'm very jealous. Thank you. What do you use? You've got the timer. Is that your primary thing? And more importantly, how do you set your times for Pomodoros nowadays when you do use them? Because the suggested is 25, five, yep. 25 minutes and a five minute break. I don't use that. I don't find 25 to be enough once I'm there. But it's, it's a great place to start. Yep. Having done this for some years, where are you at today? Um, I suppose inevitably I will work around calendars and calendars tend to be set into, into half hour, hour blocks. So most of my calendars, the Apple ones are all in hours, but you can switch them to half hours. Um, and I think that's important because I'm, I'm terrible for a terrible person to schedule a meeting with because people say, oh, can we meet from 10 to 11? No. What is it you need to speak to me for an hour for? Let's meet from 10 to 10, 15. Um, just because that 
that helps, I think, get people focused on the fact that, you know, we've, we've got work to do as well as talking about work. <laughs> and, and believe me, that causes a lot of offence. I mean, it doesn't help that perhaps I deliver it in quite an abrasive way. But um, I, I will tend to schedule tasks that I'm doing either in 30 minutes or one hour, probably more likely to be one hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would see that generally as probably 50, 55 minutes work and five minutes um, kickback. I think the kickback is important. It's, it's like punctuation to your work. It's giving yourself a breather. Uh, physically, I get up and move. Um, and, you know, I've got a couple of dogs that will, uh, uh, two of whom have just crashed into my window. They're outside fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, taking that five-minute break or, you know, six-minute break or however it works for you is, I think, really important. And I think you're probably going to talk about that. I have a feeling you've got something to say about that. Um, so generally, I'm aiming at that. If I'm doing afternoon deals with myself where I'm trying to force myself into to doing tasks that I don't particularly want to do, then I use the the glass timer, which more by luck than judgment is a 45 minute timer. So that becomes my default in the afternoons where I'm probably not looking at my calendar anyway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What about you? I found that 25 minutes, I was just really getting to the flow of whatever I was working on. I'm like you, I, I look at my calendar in terms of our time blocks and I'm not sure how I got there, but for some weird reason, 46 minutes on and 14 minutes off was the perfect length of time for intense focus. That's an extraordinary pair of numbers. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, 45, 15 would have made sense. I'm not sure how I got to 46 and 14. It's the contrarian in you. Yes. And it's not that I'm not productive in those 14 minutes off, but they are less driven. A lot of the work that I do, particularly some of the numbers side, can be somewhat mentally taxing. You know, you're you're quite often heavily focused. And so I thought that that 40 minutes to do other less focused things really gives me a good sense of, okay, I'm back and I'm ready for the next focus time block. Uh, Now, I don't really use the timer itself often anymore. I'll, again, like you, I'll do it, particularly if I've got meetings scheduled or something like that, that I really want to focus on. But for the most part, I've kind of got into the habit of blocking an hour and 46 minutes after 46 minutes, I just find my attention starts to fade a little bit. And that kind of was a perfect number for me. What I would encourage everybody to do is experiment with it. Start with the 25, see how you feel at 25 minutes. If you have the energy and the focus and the desire to carry on, carry on, but make sure you give yourself the break. The break is really part of the important part of that. You've got to get sort of that mental break. There's a difference between running a sprint and running a marathon. And really your day is a marathon. You can make it up from a series of sprints, which is what the Pomodoros are, but you have to allow yourself a a cool off period in between. And that's where, that's where my one comes from. The app that I use is perfect. Um, I don't have the fancy timer that Stu has. 
the timer, by the way, the link will be in there. Do you still have those for sale on Nero's Notes, Stu? Uh, we do, yeah. We have a couple left, I think. I was uh, looking at those going, oh, that's really pretty. Yeah. The physical timer is great if you want to have that that visible thing. The, the Pomodoro timers, the kitchen timers, can sometimes click, and I find that to be more of an annoyance than anything. I would probably be putting on my expensive Apple headphones just to avoid the clicking sound. But <laughs> you know, I use an app, uh, which is called Focus Keeper Pro. And it's funny because I have, there's an app that I use that I have on my Mac called Pomodoro Focus Timer. That's actually part of the set app subscription. And I have the Focus Keeper Pro app on my phone. And I prefer to use, when I do use these, on my phone because it's less distracting. I put it there and it'll notify me when my time is up. Time to do some work. Okay, great. It's time to do a Pomodoro. It'll tell me when my 46 minutes are up. And then it'll remind me when it's time to go back and do another 46 minutes stint, which I, I feel is really, really helpful for me. Okay. I mean, I, I don't use an app, but I suppose I do, actually. And I, I never thought of it until you asked me the question. Um, I don't have any audible notif uh, notifications, notifications, but I do have my calendar is allowed to throw up a banner. Mm -hmm. um, not a, it, it's a temporary banner, so it, it sort of just flashes up. So where I've booked uh, an hour off in my calendar for uh, time blocking, then I will get a, I will get 15 minutes before I will get a little reminder. So that means if I'm working on project A, then 15 minutes before project B is due to start, project B will come up. So I suppose that is in effect me being notified that, you know, 45 minutes are gone. Uh, it's now time to start winding down. And I just picking up on what you were saying, if you're working on um, something that's going to run across more than one Pomodoro, which often happens, I mean, mm -hmm. Justin's not finishing off a set of accounts in, in one 45-minute session, or sorry, 46-minute session. <laughs> I think what's really, really important, especially if you're doing something creative, is uh, don't push through to finish a chapter, for example. I, I write. So it's really tempting to say, well, well, five minutes and I'll have this finished, this chapter, and then I can come back and, and start the next chapter. Don't. Finishing just there when you've still got five minutes more to, to finish out that chapter is the perfect place to stop. Because when you come back, you'll immediately know where you are and what you have to do. Because you've, you've already mentally written that. You know where you're going towards the end of the chapter, and that will get you writing again. And that will naturally flow you into the next chapter. Coming back and saying, right, new chapter. Oh, what's this about? What am I supposed to be writing? Oh, hang on. You want to come back in the middle of something. Mm -hmm. Because that removes that sort of writer's block, as some people will call it. And I'm sure that's true with, with any other type of task. Don't push through the, the break time and say, oh, okay, well, I can finish this and finish this and finish this. You're, you're not actually serving yourself. It's important, as Justin said, to take that time to reset. I think the other problem that you have is if you complete something, you push through, you complete it, now you're not taking five minutes off. Mm -hmm. You tend to have more of a 
an opportunity. Hey, I'm going to go on Twitter. And then half an hour later, you're still there. <laughs> or did oh, I'm going to the pub. I'm off. <laughs> ah, what's a pub? Uh, yes. <laughs> Memories. I, I haven't seen one of those in a while, but yes, I, I certainly, yes. Uh, when the, when the world gets back to normal, boy, uh, there's a, there's a nice pub that uh, I want to go and see if it's still there. Uh, but yes, I, I think that is part of that is you're, you're giving yourself an opportunity to come back and work on the next thing. Again, if you plan these out, the, the other advantage to using a Pomodoro technique is that by timing your work, if you're like most people, your work will have a rhythm to it. You'll be able to write so many pages, so many chapters a day. You'll be able to do this particular set of problems or this activity within a certain amount of time, you'll start being able to understand how much time you actually spend on each thing and scheduling it in much better rather than just, I'll start this and I'll do it until it finishes with all the distractions that may be a four hour task. But in reality, it's probably a too long Pomodoro process or maybe it's mm -hmm. a four pomodoro process but you'll start to be able to understand particularly on the routine stuff here's a problem that i'm going to do i'm going to allocate this much time on tuesday to it and all of a sudden your day and your week if you're planning ahead you'll be able to get more done because you'll be able to know how much work you can actually do absolutely by reflecting on what your pomodoros are absolutely i mean it's a it's perhaps I overlook it now, but it's probably the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is having a real understanding of how long things take and how many things one can do. I, I get in trouble for this all the time, but I laugh at you if you think you work for eight hours a day. You don't. Nobody does. Nobody does. It's, it's hard to concentrate for four hours a day. If you can bang out eight traditional Pomodoros or four of Justin's Pomodoros, then believe me, you are going to be producing a lot more than the guy next to you. I, I guarantee you from all of my experience, sustainable eight hours is not. It, it really isn't because uh, if... If it is, then you're not working hard enough in the four hours because those four hours are very draining. If you're doing deep work, really focused and concentrating, that's tiring, which is fine because the counterpoint to that is then half an hour checking your email and making sure that everything's okay and hanging out by the virtual water cooler, whatever that has become, Slack or Discourse or whatever, uh, with your colleagues, making sure everybody's okay, making sure everybody's having a good time. Those are all things that you can do around that, that really important work that you put into a Pomodoro session. Yeah. I would say that one of the big things for Pomodoros is if you are working from home still, depending where you are in the world, some of us still are working predominantly from home, having four hours of productive work will take an immense amount of stress off you for productivity. It's so easy when you're working from home to work longer hours, to feel that stress, to get Zoom burnout. And 
you know, we're, we're no longer punching a, a key card when we get into the office and when we leave the office that your boss is worried about. What I think is happening is that corporations and organizations are looking at here's the job you need to do and can you do that within your time? If you have four hours, let's say, of less stressful stuff, maybe you can catch up on some some personal development reading or something like that when you're at home that you don't actually have to be on the clock for. You know, uh, you've already got your work done. You've done probably more than your coworkers if you have really taken this to to ahead. And in most organizations, trying to find, you know, four hours of productive time in a day, you'll just rock it. Uh, so it, it really is a, a good way to go. Uh, my staff, if they can get the work done, I'm much more interested in whether they get the work that they need to do done than whether they're in an office between these certain hours. Because at the end of the day, been in an office at the water cooler, at the coffee machine, walking around, desk jockeying from one place to another, it happens. It's not productive. We can be so productive with these focus times. A good signaling device, let's go back to headphones. Put on a, if you're in an office, put on a pair of headphones so you don't get distracted for that time as well. Yep. Uh, good advice. You can get you can even just, you know, noise cancelling ones that just shut everybody out. You don't even need to listen to anything. Mm-hmm. All right, Stu, uh, one takeaway from you today. Uh, my takeaway is the, the anti-productive measure. It's the, it's the goof off Pomodoro. Mm-hmm. So where you're working really hard, you've got lots of things to do. Set yourself some time to do the other things, whether that be social media or YouTube or even, dare I say it, email. If you've got a weakness to be in your inbox all the time, set yourself a Pomodoro for it and say, I am going to look at email once a day. All right, okay, if you want to, twice a day. But once a day, I'm going to look at email for 25 minutes and then I'm going to stop. and I'm going to shut the client down and I'm not going to open it up until the next day. Do that, and then the other seven and a half hours in your working day, and I'm I'm making air quotes with my fingers, they're yours to do what you will with. Very good. Very good idea. I like that, actually, the goof-off Pomodoro. I might have to try that. From uh, seven till four, is that good? <laughs> no, no. And what about your takeaway, Justin? So mine is start small. If you can do... 25 minutes a couple of times a day it's a great start and you'll build up slowly you'll start to see the rewards for it even if you start with only 15 minutes on one task it takes i've seen different studies it takes between 6 and 11 minutes for your attention to stop wandering Mm -hmm. and to get completely immersed in any particular project 25 minutes is a great time but if you can if you can spend 15 minutes working on one task it's going to help 25 minutes i'm sure everyone can find 25 minutes in your day to start with at least one pomodoro just one start small it's great training you know and that's really what it comes down to is training building up your confidence building up the hey nobody screamed because i wasn't on email for an average of 12 and a half minutes. I didn't get back to somebody for 20 minutes. The world didn't fall down. 
I could do 25 minutes and then I'll check in to see what's urgent in email. If you need to do that, if you're in a job, realizing that some, some jobs do need to be there. They need to be on Slack to check in because perhaps they have a boss or a superior that is in the hyperactive hive mind, I think is what Cal Newport calls it. For sure. They need to get responses quickly. You can't always change your organization from a place of not having the power. But what you can do is block out a small period of time and, and start seeing how that works. Once you get confidence in that, then there's a whole bunch of different conversations that you can have with your organization and the people that do actually require to be online. But 25 minutes, a couple of times a day, give it a try. And more importantly, let us know if you if you try this, how it works for you. Uh, if it's the first time you've used it, let us know what you think, how effective it's been, and how does it make you feel? Because I'm certainly very interested in that. Absolutely. Good advice. Where can people find you on the internet, Stu? Uh, you can find me at uh, stuartlennon.com, uh, and you can find both Justin and I at stationaryadjacent.com. And Justin, where can people find you? You can find me at justintwyford.com. And if you're looking for a timer, a really, really nice hourglass timer, check out nerosnotes.co.uk. Our next topic is going to be task boards, which will be an interesting one because it's a new thing for Stu and something that I use. So we're going to cover that as well. It'll touch a little bit more on how we use email and what other mechanisms are there. So I think it'll be an interesting discussion. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, sir.